Okay, as you can see, our, um, we'll get to hear the story from Jack and Katie this morning. Katie grew up here at Faith Church, and Jack has been attending with her for about 13 years, which is also how long they've been married. They have two kids, Gretchen, who is 11, and Max, who is 9. Jack is a mechanical engineer at Raytheon, and Katie is a former high school Spanish teacher, current substitute teacher, and BSF leader. They don't have a lot of free time right now, but they both enjoy Thai food. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I grew up in Northeast Ohio, 50 miles south of Cleveland. I am the fourth of five kids. I have two older sisters and two brothers, one two years older and one two years younger. My father worked as a test engineer for Goodyear Aerospace, and my mother was a homemaker that was very active with school, church, and neighborhood activities. At age five, we moved from the Akron suburbs to a farm in Atwater, a small town in the country. The house was old and the land was overgrown and not farmable. We cleared the land to plant crops and raise animals, including cows, horses, pigs, chickens, ducks, geese, and of course, dogs and cats. <laughs> we, had a, we had woods and fields ripe for hunting, two ponds for fishing, and one pond for swimming. We planted large gardens, sweet corn, and had 100 apple trees. We baled hay, mended fences, and many other jobs and chores. It seemed endless the items we needed to do, but when we did get breaks, I loved playing sports and creative games with my brothers and two neighbor boys across the street. My dad modeled a good work ethic. He had a love for the farm, played his trumpet in a band and at church and sang in the choir. We went regularly to a Methodist church in Atwater. We would go to the sermon, but seldom did I attend any Sunday school or children's program. I remember my mom teaching me to pray at night and say grace before our Sunday dinner. When I was in the first grade, my mom had a stroke. She lost the use of the right side of her body that she never regained. She had to learn to walk with a cane, learn to speak yet with a stutter, and learn to write with her left hand. She wrote letters to friends and relatives. She packed lunches, cooked dinner, cleaned, and did the wash. I never heard her complain about her life. She had much joy and patience. I grew up in a Christian home here in Indiana. I attended Heritage Christian School and Faith Missionary Church with my parents, David and Jackie Kenley and my three sisters. I went to numerous camps, retreats, and mission trips the first 18 years of my life. It was a blessing to grow up surrounded by so many Christians and good Christian teaching. I was familiar with what the Bible said. I learned it at both school and church. I knew the right things to say and do, how Christians were to behave, what they were and were not supposed to do. However, my faith proved weak when it came time to venture out of this loving cocoon. 
I left for Miami University in 1992. I had every intention of getting involved in campus ministries like Campus Crusade for Christ and InterVarsity. Once classes began, though, I didn't think I needed Christian groups, friends, or Bible studies to grow in my faith. I thought I'd be fine on my own. After all, there was so much to see and do at college. Plus, I had spent all those years at Heritage and Church. Surely those years were enough to sustain my faith, or so I thought. I had memorized a lot of verses and, spend a lot, and spent a lot of time studying the Bible at Heritage, so this was a good time for a break, or so I thought. During my four years at Miami, I had some amazing experiences. I studied abroad twice in both Mexico and Ecuador. I enjoyed every minute of my Spanish major. School was always a good fit for me. I loved the ebb and flow of a school calendar, the structure of a schedule, and studying a subject I loved. Spiritually, though, I was not in a good place. I was hit or miss with Bible studies. I spent most of my time with non-believers, and I did not get involved in a church on campus. Sure, I would pray or read my Bible when things weren't going well, but it wasn't sustained. At this time, I would have told you I was a Christian, but I certainly didn't live like one. I did not renounce my faith, but I tried to do things my own way on my own terms. Like Jonah, who ended up in the belly of the whale for three days after running away from God, I suppose this was the beginning of my time in the belly of the whale. Despite all this, God pursued me. In college, I began dating non-Christians. I knew the Bible verse about not being unequally yoked and that most Christians believe this applies to marriage and dating. Christians ought only to marry or date Christians. I also knew this was for Christians' protection. However, I would justify my choices by telling myself, oh, I'm not married to the guy, so it's okay, or it's not really dating, just hanging out. I'm pretty sure Satan whispered lies to me like he did in, uh, to Eve in Genesis 3. Did God really say not to eat from the tree in the middle of the garden? Satan tempted me. Did God really say not to be unequally yoked? I certainly did not want to miss out on a potential husband, Christian or not, just like Adam and Eve didn't want to miss out on knowing good from evil. Um, despite all this, God pursued me. At the end of my senior year, I sought God and his will for my life upon graduating college. A unique opportunity arose, and I ended up in Spain with the Dodgerals, part of the faith missionary family, serving with Youth for Christ for a year. But once I was home, I strayed from my faith again, seeking out friends who were not living a Christian lifestyle and dating non-Christians. The pattern continued throughout most of my 20s.
After graduating from the University of Akron with a mechanical engineering degree, I moved to, I moved to Indiana to start my engineering job with Naval Avionics, now Raytheon. Initially, I really had no friends, not knowing people in the state. My passion, though, was playing sports, and lots of them. Basketball, softball, golf, volleyball, football, and biking. Through sports and the 3,600 people at work, I made many friends. Another interest of mine was reading, mostly novels, mysteries, and history. After moving to Indiana and through my 20s, I did not attend church, only at weddings and Christmas and Easter when visiting family. This was mostly because I did not think I needed God. I was doing fine. My sisters and brothers were married, had kids, and started their families. I would visit my mom and dad and my siblings several times a year. I always thought I would have met someone in college or sometime in my 20s. In, in my early 30s, my parents died. First my dad, then three years later my mom. Both were 68 years old. I continued to visit my siblings and yearn more and more for a wife and family of my own. Still, I did not attend any church through my 30s. One reason was I thought I was not good enough to attend church, and I, cert I certainly didn't know much in the Bible. Also, I knew also, I know I was not living a sin-free life, and I would have to sacrifice my time. God's pursuit plan was taking place. I remember at some weddings I attended, friends asked me if or where I went to church. I would kind of dodge the question or change the subject. Another time, a work and sports friend Jeff Rex wrote, who died of brain cancer at age 30, had a discussion with me about Jesus. I engaged him for a while, but then withdrew. Intertwined with God's pursuit plan, God answered prayers. I prayed that God would allow me to travel to see my dad and mom before they died. God answered. I and several others prayed many days for a friend's daughter that was in a bad accident. God answered, and she recovered. I prayed over and over many, many nights for a wife and family. Fast forward to 2002, age 28. Life caught up to me while I was living and working in New York City. I was dumped by my boyfriend, and my job in advertising sales at the Wall Street Journal was downsized. I distinctly remember a moment in my apartment, doubled over in sorrow and despair, crying out to God and repenting of my choices. I was truly broken, jobless, alone, and depressed. My parents graciously invited and allowed me to live back at home. My mom strongly encouraged and pushed me to enroll, at, to enroll at Ball State University to add a teaching license to my degree in Spanish. 
She helped me focus on the future instead of the past. She shared Joel 2.25a with me, in which God promises to Israel, I will restore the years the locusts have eaten. It gave me hope to know that the God who made me was in the work of restoration, something I so desperately needed at the time. I consider this the turning point in my life back towards faith and submission to God. While working at Starbucks, attain, obtaining a master's degree and a teaching license, I started to see what my life could be as a single woman supporting herself. I had spent many years since college angry with God for not giving me a husband. I felt that I deserved to be married just like my parents did right after college. So why wasn't it happening to me? Instead of trusting God, I doubted his plan and wisdom for my life. I thought he needed help finding me a husband, which is why I chose to date both Christians and non-Christians. I dated the non-Christians just in case that was God's plan, even though I knew it didn't match up with his word. <laughs> Although I was happy for my friends and sisters, it was painful to watch almost everyone around me get married and start families. That's all I wanted, as I realized I was never very career-oriented. <laughs> I didn't even go to job interviews my senior year in college. All I wanted was to speak Spanish and get married. Despite all this, God continued to pursue me. One of my friends, Jim Wilson, put together a Saturday morning open volleyball time with some work friends and his friends from his singles group from East 91st Street Christian Church. He invited me to play. I played a few winners and met new people. One winter morning after playing, a coworker's wife invited the group to her band gig that night. So, of course, I went. During this event, one of the church volleyball players, Randy, and his girlfriend, Crystal, also part of the church singles group, invited me to their next singles outing the following week. The outing would be salsa dancing with instructors at a downtown bar, and I could meet their singles group friend, Katie. How could I resist? <laughs> I went to the event the next Friday. Lucky for me, Katie showed up, and the salsa dancer instructor did not. <laughs> now, now, I cannot say it was love at first sight, but I did feel a good connection after talking with her. So the following week, I invited a few friends, including Randy and Crystal, to watch the Super Bowl at my place, and I asked Randy and Crystal to invite Katie. Katie came, and our dating began. God's pursuit plan continued. One of, the books, one of the books I read was The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown. Even though it was fiction, there may have been truths sprinkled within it. One storyline was the lineage of Jesus Christ. Since I had not read the Bible, I could not really know what, what, what truth was and what was fiction. After reading this book, I was inspired to start reading the Bible, one given to me 
months earlier by my younger brother, Mike, a Christian. I later found out that he and his wife, Kathy, would pray for me. One winter morning, driving to work on the four-lane Kessler Boulevard, my car started to spin, go sideways. Just before the spin, I remember oncoming cars approaching me. During the spin, I remember losing complete control of the car and watching cars, trees, mailboxes, and ditches go by. I felt helpless. Then my car was deposited on the opposite side of the road with nearly a 360-degree rotation, and everything was still. No other cars hit or stopped, and not even a scratch on mine. I felt my heart beating, but also peace that God was with me. Around this time, I started going to singles groups at churches. One of my sisters married a nice guy named Jeff Higgins, who had been involved in a local Christian singles ministry at East 91st Street Christian Church. Jeff would tell terrific stories about the adventures he had with his friends, the fun things he did, and how awesome it was to be surrounded by such a great group of Christians supporting one another and being single. Most of these individuals, like me, really wanted to be married, but it hadn't happened yet. Jeff and my sister Lisa encouraged me to go. I finally decided to give it a try, and it was as wonderful as my brother-in-law claimed it to be. It was fun. These Christian singles were a blast to be around, and they loved the Lord. I still desperately wanted to be married, but the friends I made helped me accept my single status and grow where I was planted. I am, I am so thankful to a friend, Tiffany, who came along beside me my first night at the singles group. She invited me to join her Bible study right away, in addition to inviting me to all kinds of activities. One special memory was hosting a Christmas party for all of our single friends at my house. I started to embrace being single. One time, I remember, as I was riding in the car with my parents, I asked them if they would consider helping me make a down payment on a home instead of paying for a future wedding. Friends of mine from the singles group introduced me to Jack. He was a nice guy, and I wanted to get to know him more. We went on a couple of dates, and it became apparent he was not a believer. I told my friend Tiffany, and she boldly told me I had to break up with him, that I could not date a non-Christian. My faith was being tested, but my relationship with and love for the Lord was growing, and I knew what I needed to do. I surrendered and decided to trust God to take him at his word. It was difficult to do, but I broke up with Jack. God's pursuit plan continued. After several weeks or so of dating, Katie called me one Sunday evening. Out of the blue to me, she said she would have to stop dating me because I was not a Christian. I was shocked and taken back. 
because I thought I was a Christian. I replied, I am a Christian. Nevertheless, nevertheless, she was sticking with her decision to stop dating. After several days of many thoughts, I wrote her a letter and drove to Zionsville and put it on her door. And by God's grace and plan, she gave me a second chance. We visited several churches and did a Bible study together. Next, Katie's dad, David Kenley, gave us an invitation to this Alpha class at Faith. We never went. <laughs> a few months later, Katie's dad again gave us another Alpha invitation. This time we went. <laughs> Alpha class started with a dinner, then a video lecture, followed by an open discussion. The Alpha leaders were Ben Patterson and Dean Jewell. The lectures were good for me and got me excited learning about Jesus. Over the weeks of the class, I realized that several people in the class were there to help answer questions people had and to share their experiences. Those that helped me, in addition to Ben and Dean, included Jeff Fox, Beverly Scott, Ann Benson, and Steve Weaver, who, wel who welcomed me every time for dinner. Another item I learned was that I could have a relationship with Jesus. During Alpha, a scripture that helped me personalize Jesus' love to me was John 14, 1 to 3. It goes, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. On the last day of Alpha, Dean and Katie led me to the Lord, accepting Jesus Christ as my Savior. God answered my prayer for a wife, and I became part of God's family. My life as a Christian grew with God speaking to me many Sunday mornings at faith through the preaching of our pastors. The preaching from the scriptures was very enlightening to me, as well as how the pastors personalized their message with related stories. A scripture that grounded me early was Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. More early learning in my Christian infant years was attending BSF, Bible Study Fellowship, a few years, invited to it by my brother-in-law, Jeff Higgins. Another learning program was Men Sharpening Men that was here at Faith on Friday mornings at 6 a.m. I remember many good discussions with Larry Zorns and Jim Alexander that helped me grow in the Lord. Looking back, if I could redo any part of my life, I would have made 
greater efforts to connect with Christians while at Miami University. I also would have trusted God more during the painful years of being single, desiring a husband and having to support myself financially. I wished I would have accepted my hardship instead of being angry at God for my situation and trying to make marriage happen on my own. However, without my poor choices, especially in dating, I would not have experienced the grace and love my parents extended to me by letting me move home, helping me out financially between jobs, and supporting me in getting a teaching license. When I was in the darkness, in the pit, and powerless like Jonah and the whale, I experienced God's grace. That is an experience I would not change. However, with these poor choices came depression and guilt. I'm thankful that God didn't give up on me and that his plan prevailed. Like it says in Proverbs 19:21, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I feel blessed because I am forgiven. Psalm 32, 1 and 2. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. Closing, a verse that I, I, love, I like to read most mornings while getting dressed is Colossians 3, 12 to 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Thank you. Paco does not speak Spanish, but he, <laughs> but he is a Havanese, and they come from Havana, Cuba. So he's a Cuban. He's a Cuban, <laughs> and his name—he has a Spanish name. <laughs> I'm still looking for that Parenting 101 book. <laughs> uh, you know, we just pray and do the best we can, I think. That's, uh, I think I was talking to you earlier, I think sometimes talking to my son, uh, seeing if I could give him a piece of wisdom, but if he's not really willing to listen, then it's, it's probably not a good time to, to give it, so... <laughs> I look for those opportunities.
time that I uh, taught they considered my I said you know I know you have your budget <laughs> and uh, they considered my request for because I, I didn't have quite enough saved to make a down payment but you know I thought with a little extra I could do it um, but then I don't I guess I met Jack about that same time <laughs> so <laughs> no <it> didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> Not converted. <laughs> yeah. Um, our kids go to public school. We live in Noblesville, and they go to the local elementary school. Our daughter just started middle school, so they're still pretty young. Um, we haven't started talking about dating. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I worked in, um, at Zionsville High School, and my experience there um, gave me a good feeling for public school, even though I had gone to a Christian school. That's all I knew. And so I felt uh, that was a good choice for us and for our kids. I was in Quito. Yeah. Are you familiar with? Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I was in Quito for a semester. I could have stayed. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. You have two photos of children there, and I recognize what you're saying about here, but I don't remember if you said about these two over here. Okay. They're also our children. Yeah. Same one. Um, they, so on the left was, uh, ta the picture on the left was taken this week, uh, first day of school. A year ago. Right? A year ago. Oh, a year ago, first day of school. But she wore that on the first day of school. <laughs> this year. That was this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we repeat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, the picture on the right is just uh, our kids really, uh, they're athletic. I think they get it from Jack. And they love sports and uh, competing. And so our daughter really likes soccer. And uh, our son likes baseball the most. <laughs> they do other. Uh, Max is nine and Gretchen is 11. Um, yeah, I, I started teaching and uh, at a private school uh, for two years, 
And then it wasn't a good fit, so that's when I was hired at Zionsville, which was a great fit. And while I was at Zionsville, that's when we were married, and, um, and our first daughter was born, and I was still at Zionsville. Uh, after Gretchen was born, I went back to work part-time, and uh, they had a, a child care program for teachers, so all the teacher kids got to go to a, a daycare. And um, after Max was born, I talked to Jack, and I said, you know, I'd really like to kind of try the stay-at-home mom thing. <laughs> part-time was tough because you didn't really get to connect with colleagues at work and I missed that because I'd be there then I'd leave I never saw the teacher friends I only saw the students and I wanted to you know I spend time with the other Spanish teachers so it wasn't a, a good fit and uh, I stayed home and that was nine years ago but I've been subbing and um, I renewed my teaching license but I don't know we'll see what the future holds <laughs> Uh, a little bit, I do. <laughs> Probably some of the little threads here today was, I, I'm sure I said there as well. But no. Um, it was Pastor Don. Pastor Don baptized me, but uh, I, I do remember Pastor Tom there as well. Well, after my, uh, my dad died, um, we had to sell it. Um, none of the siblings wanted to take it over, um, mostly because my brothers and I didn't even live in the area. But uh, that was kind of hard to, to, see, it, to see it go, but um, it, it went into a nice home and they really kept it up. So I try to drive by it every once in a while. <laughs> It was. It, uh, the town was called Atwater, Ohio, about 20 miles east of Akron. I'm not sure. <laughs> we still have the letter somewhere, but we, we can't find it. But I know, <laughs> I know we saved it, and uh, I came across it when we moved, and then it got put in a plastic storage bin. Yeah, safe place. Um, you know, it was a handwritten letter, and um, I think I honestly thought he would just go oh okay well move on or you know <laughs> um but he was heartbroken and um and i i realized i i didn't really explain myself very well when i said well I have, you're not a christian he i remember him saying well i'm not buddhist i'm 
of course I'm Christian. You know, and I had a hard time, I remember, kind of expressing at the time, like, well, you know, relationship with Jesus, reading the Bible, you know, it, it was hard to um, express. And then I realized he, he seemed very interested in what that was. And I thought, well, I can't just, you know, not talk to him ever again. So that's when we um, started attending a couple different, I remember going to some churches, doing a Bible study, then Alpha. This all kind of happened within maybe a six-month period. We can't, we're not sure. We can't remember exactly. Um, <laughs> so it all kind of was happening at the same time. But I, I don't. I don't know if it was anything in particular in the letter, but his heart that I saw, wow, he's, he really, this really hurt him. I, did, I never expected that response. I, I had to be very strategic taking it to her place when I knew she wasn't going to be there as well. <laughs> oh. Part of the plan, I think. Just I didn't want to confront her until she had a chance to read it. And he had also uh, shared with his family. He called all his siblings saying, this, you know, that girl I told you about, she broke up with me, said I'm not a Christian. So this, it was like big. And I was like, oh, wow. I have a lot of explaining to do. So, <laughs> um, yeah, for me it was like a step of faith. And um, whether I, yeah, so. <laughs> I don't know if that answers the question. Someone else asked that earlier. Have you gone back to teaching Spanish? I have not, no. Mm -mm. Hmm. Do you have a chance to use Spanish outside of the classroom? I do not. I do not use my Spanish. I probably shouldn't even think about being a Spanish teacher again <laughs> since I don't use it. But, no, I don't, I don't really speak Spanish very much. I mean, sometimes I'll... Yeah, que lastima, see. Um, sometimes I'll uh, sub for a Spanish teacher, and that's fun just to have that experience again. But, um, I mean, so in it, if, we, if we go to a Mexican restaurant, of course. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you teaching your kids Spanish? Uh, no. I mean, here and there, but not. We decided early on if I spoke Spanish to them, he'd have no idea. <laughs> What was going on? <laughs> and um, our daughter did not talk until she mm. was, I mean, we'd go to the doctor. Okay, she should have five words by now. Uh, she said mom and dad, that was it, or mama. Um, and she kept not meeting those goals of, you know, the pediatrician had. So I thought, oh, I better just, even if I, I thought about speaking Spanish to her, I thought, well, I better just stick with English. Mm. But now she talks all the time. It was just, she was, she was pretty, she was stubborn. And the more we tried to make her talk, the less she would. Like the speech therapist came in and they would try so hard and she just looked at them. I'm not going to do what you. <laughs> so, but now she talks all the time. Her, her Spanish is very good though, because uh, we took a trip uh, of students when she was teaching at Zionsville. And we went to uh, Spain, I, and I got to go along. And uh, I didn't, I remember walking in Barcelona, and uh, she spoke very well with anybody and anybody. 
and I was no long, no farther than arm's length away because I had no clue what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't speak Kachwa. Yes. I really tussle with that. I think sometimes I, I, she didn't complain, and I was really amazed by her, her persona there, and and uh, her patience was immense. I mean, she, she taught me how to shuffle cards, and she only had one hand. I don't know how she did that. <laughs> uh, I think at times, though, too, I might have been angry with God for what he did, or what let happen, I should say. She was very young. How old? Um, probably early 40s. Maybe 40, 41. I forget exactly. Did that answer? Thank you. Does Paco understand Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell the kids he does. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he, I mean, he came from a farm up near Purdue. <laughs> so, no. I reached 32 years out there this year, dating myself. <laughs> but uh, yes, when it started, it was government. Uh, it was a government uh, task or job, and uh, there were 3,600 employees there. It was pretty amazing. I just had a lot of made a lot of friends there. But um, now we have about a thousand, and. I think about a third of those I don't even know because there's so many pe new people all the time. Um, but it's with Raytheon, it's it's faster moving, and my job has changed a little bit. But uh, I still I still love being an engineer. I always thought it was strange when um, you know we're married. I just thought I remember growing up, we'd go visit Dad at work, go eat lunch with Dad, or and so I said, well, can I come to your work? <laughs> I've only been there one time because I don't have clearance. You have to have security clearance. And um, 
So it's kind of an interesting, I always, he has top secret work, you know. <laughs> but they had an open house and families could come and visit. And that's before we had kids. And so the kids, they've only seen the outside of the building. <laughs> uh, but one time they, they had a robotics club from Warren High School come in. And so they were allowing some students to come in. And he asked permission for our son Max to go. And so Max got to see where Daddy works, but Gretchen hasn't made it there yet. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. 